0: Today I want to speak from this subject, This Is That. (laughs) Miss Candy got up here and she prophesied, walked across this place, and she said those very words, and I just looked at Marie because I sent my notes. I sent them to about four or five people for the the TVs and the screen and stuff that have asked to have my notes, and I have the proper email address, and uh, so she knew. But I want to talk about This Is That with the the subtitle, But God. Everybody say with me, This Is That? Now say with me, But God. It's not going to be necessarily revelatory or deep, but I promise you that if you receive the word, the the word that comes into you will go into you like seed goes into the soil, and it will bring a harvest to your life. It will bring a harvest to your life. Isn't she lovely? Yeah, you should buy her. My heart is happy when she walks into the Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two. I think I'm reading from the New American Standard. Acts chapter two. I like the King James. I like the New. I like all the versions. I like to read all of them and get a new, a different perspective on what God is saying on the inspired word. Acts chapter two. When the day of Pentecost had come, the King James said had fully come. They were all together in one place, and suddenly, somebody say with me suddenly. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. I thought it was so appropriate that Canby said what God is doing is not for the people on the platform, it's for the whole house. In the, in the midst of song and prophetic worship, the, the words came to me, His train filled His temple. And no matter whether you feel like you're in the in group or out of the kingdom, you are a part of His kingdom and His glory is going to fill your house right where you are. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues As a fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. With the word rest, I just want to pause and say that this address is Shady Rest Road. Shady Rest Road. 15. How's 15 significant here? Huh? You're sitting on a property that includes 15 acres. 15 is the number of rest. The Lord spoke to me and said, I'm going to bring you into a place of rest in this facility. Yes. When you operate from a place of rest instead, from, instead of from a place of work, it is incredible what the Father will do through you. We're not striving to get something. We're not operating to get His favor. We operate from a position of already having received His favor. We're already fully beloved. We're already fully accepted. We're already fully in His kingdom. And that is where we operate. So this is a place of rest, a season of rest. Is anybody besides that excited? I mean, when, when you stay up until 1 or 2 o'clock for three straight nights and the preacher says the word rest, it ought to make some shout from inside of anxiety. And He rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other languages and other tongues, as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together. And were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. Wouldn't God, the Spirit of God, come on us so heavily that we would be able to communicate in people's own language the good things of the kingdom of God? Yeah. They were amazed and astonished and they said, Are not all of these who speak Galileans? How is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, and Asia. All over the place. And visions of Rome, Christians and Arabs. I mean, just all of them. We hear them in our own tongues speaking the mighty deeds of God. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying one to another, What does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, They're full of sweet wine. Well, they weren't entirely wrong. They weren't entirely wrong. It just wasn't an uncorked bottle of wine. But something had been uncorked, and it was being poured into the earth for the very first time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them Men of Judea, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by Joel the prophet. This is that. Say with me, this is that. Peter is saying you are looking at, walking into, literally beholding the manifestation of several decades old prophecy that that in the last days, Peter was standing in the last days, I would point. Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters would prophesy, your old men would dream dreams, and your young men would see visions. He said, Look, fellas, this is that. I want to tell you, true God, everything that's been spoken over you, every word that the Spirit has declared through his holy prophets through the ages, this is that. You are looking at it, you are beholding the manifestation of what God has promised you. You're walking into it and this might only be the embryo, but believe me, there's a baby being birthed and when it's full grown, you'll see the promises of God fully established in your life and your families. This is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel It shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. I prophesy that your sons and daughters will prophesy. <laughs> look at him shaking his head your sons and your daughters will prophesy. your young men shall see visions and your old men will dream dreams everybody is somebody in the body it doesn't matter if you're one or a hundred and one God's got a place for you in his kingdom and you've got a seat at his table and he spread wide the gates of, of the kingdom of heaven and said come and dine with me come and partake of the fruit and the meat of this new kingdom Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour forth of my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. Let me tell you that great and glorious day of the Lord is not coming, it has already come. Peter is saying, you're beholding what happened. I don't wanna blow your theology, but just let me share this with you. You're not waiting for some last days, end time things to happen. You are living in a new day. Since the pouring out of the Spirit of God on his church, you are not living in the last days, you're living in a brand new day. And now we're not waiting to go to heaven, but we are literally gonna bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. Jesus said, pray this way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, just like it is in heaven. My friend Lynn Hiles says, I don't just wanna make heaven my home, I want my home to be like heaven. And that is the New Covenant Kingdom Mandate. And it's available to everyone, whether you know it or not, feel it or not, or have ever heard it or not, that has His Spirit in you all do. And if you don't, that's something we can quickly remedy. I would highly recommend it. And I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs in the earth below, blood, fire, vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the lord shall come and it will be that everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved men of israel listen to these words jesus of nazarene a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst. Just as you yourselves know, this man delivered up by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed him to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God, somebody say with me, but God. It might look like a dead thing and indeed it might be a dead situation for you, but I've got two words for you, but God. I had a friend of mine that saw one of the videos that I posted and he said, Joshua, his name is Bishop Charles Cameron. We've spent a lot of time overseas together in Africa and multiple countries of Africa. He said, Josh, the only thing that comes to my spirit when I look at this place is but God. Peter says, determine offered up and, and nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and Jesus being put to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death because it was not possible that he could be held by the power of death. But God, this is that, but God. This is that, but God, what a time we live in. We're walking into a promise fulfilled. In fact, we've come into a season of acceleration where we are all going to see the manifestation of long kept promises, deeply held dreams, and God-given visions. You better listen, you might wanna think about jotting these down. Just look around, it is the Lord who has done this. It is the Lord who does this. It is only the Lord who does this. None can stand before him. He has brought this promise to pass. Peter stands up here in Acts 2 and gives his inaugural sermon. This is the first time Peter ever preaches. It's amazing to me that a man just relatively recently had completely denied even knowing who Jesus was, and he wept bitterly. The Bible says he goes away and weeps bitterly because after he denied knowing Jesus the third time, he heard a rooster crow, which is the fulfillment of a prophecy that Jesus gave him. And when he did, he realized, I've just forsaken my best friend, and he ran away and wept bitterly. It's amazing that when Jesus rises from the dead and he's meeting with Mary, he says, I want you to do me a favor. Go tell my apostles and Peter. I haven't forgot about good old Peter. He might've denied me, but he's a part of my kingdom. Go tell my disciples and Peter. Josh, I've messed up. It's okay. All of us have messed up. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And yet, in in our ungodliness, in the time that we were wicked, God was in Jesus Christ reconciling us back to himself. Peter stands up, gives his inaugural sermon and says, men of Israel, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but this is what was spoken by the prophet. Literally, he was saying, as I'm saying today, you're watching the unfolding of a long held promise that started as a prophetic word was inspired by God himself. The prophetic word Joel gave gave and the words we received are from the same source. The prophetic word from Joel, that that in these last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and the prophetic word that True Vine, the church at large has received, that True Vine has received, and some of you individually and in your families have received, come from the same source. And just as surely as Peter said in his day, this is that, I declare before you with the prophetic voice of God, this is that. The same voice that spoke light into being is speaking and releasing his glory right here in Statesville. And the promise is only as good as the promiser. (laughs) It is the Lord who does this. We don't always know the time or seasons that the Lord has kept in his own purpose. You can discern that it's happening before it happens. But a suddenly is just that. In a moment, everything changes. suddenlies are incredible. And I preached a series on suddenly a couple of years ago. I said, suddenlys happen instantaneously. They, they take a long time to develop. Yeah. My wife has s- s- the most six beautiful kids I've ever seen. And they wear my last name. And when I, and, and it seemed like the pregnancy lasted forever. But the moment the child came, it was a suddenly. My God knows what Abby was a suddenly. She, that girl came out like a rocket. It was a suddenly and the nurse said, my God, look at those shoulders and her cheeks make her look like a rabbit. We waited in anticipation, knowing that her body was changing, that, and my body changed too. She ate everything in sight, and my God, I did too. How many young dads know what I'm talking about? There's hope. It's coming back. It's all right. It's all right. It'll come back. And she got better at cooking as we've, got, as we've gotten, I won't say older. I turned 41 on Friday. I feel just as good as I did when I was in my 20s. This, this was a very nice birthday surprise for me. A suddenly means one one minute, it's this way, and boom, instantaneously, everything changes. The disciples had gathered in an upper room waiting for a promise, and they had no clue what the promise was going to look like. Think about this. The disciples that traveled with Jesus, that slept with Jesus, that watched him do the miracles that he did and all these wondrous works, they were very tangible and evident things. They knew what his face looked like. And Jesus comes to them and says, boys, I'm going to go away for a while. And they were like, whoa, you just came back from the dead. Now you're leaving us again. And they were terrified. And they didn't know what was going to happen. He said, but it's okay because if I don't go away, then the Spirit, who, the Holy Spirit, who is your comforter, can't come. But if I go away, I will send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to put you in remembrance of all of these things. So I want you to stay here in Jerusalem and wait for the promise that I've given you, the promise of the Father. And they didn't have a clue what the promise was going to look like. Because up until then, the promise existed solely in the bosom of Jesus Christ. But now that Jesus was going to be ascended back to his Father, the same Spirit that dwelt in him bodily was going to be sent forth into the world and into his church so that not just there would be one Son of God with the Spirit of God, but many members, many sons and many daughters with the same Spirit that Jesus carried. IT'S THE LORD WHO DOES THIS, A SUDDENLY HAPPENS, IN A MOMENT EVERYTHING CHANGES, IN A MOMENT KNOWS THAT WE'RE NOT, THAT WE'RE NOT YETS BECOME YESES. IN A MOMENT KNOWS THAT WE'RE REALLY NOT, NOT YETS beca- I WANT TO TELL YOU THIS STORY, SO IN THE, IN, ABOUT THIS FACILITY, in BACK, SOME OF YOU KNOW, BACK IN MARCH. We knew the facility was going to come available, so I met with Pastor Chris, who's who's become a dear friend of mine, and I just adore him, and the and the and the church the the leadership that I was able to meet that were here, and some that are in in uh, Clemens, and uh, we met in. And I gave, you know, we, we talked about what offer, what we thought we could do at the time. It just didn't work out. And they came back and said, it's a no. You know, it weren't, it, it, the the long, the short of it is it was a no. And it crushed me, man, it hurt. Because I knew what the Lord had spoken. My wife and I would come out here and, well, I can tell you something about Elizabeth. Elizabeth doesn't always stand up front. She doesn't always take a lead. But by God, when she does, you need to get out of the way and listen to the, what the woman says, because she hears from the Lord we stood on the back corner of that building, she said, We're going, she said, we need to walk up there and put our hands on that building. God's going to give it to us. I said, well, let's go. <laughs> when she talks that way, I become the seventh child of hers. I just say, yes, ma'am, put my head down and walk. <laughs> She's got that look and that, that long finger she points at, you better follow where she points. And several of us had come over here just at the directing, the leading of the Spirit. So when we said, I wrote a letter, I waited for three weeks to write a letter and say, this is essentially who we are and why we believe this place is supposed to be for us. Knowing that they wanted another place at the time they were looking at a place downtown. Not trying to take something that they had and cherished, but something they wanted to offload and something we needed. We said, we could pay this, and, I, and, and I, we went with the board of directors, and I said, I feel like we need to sow a $5 check. It may be to some people insignificant, but it's not to us. And tell them this is a seed for what we believe is going to be our place, but not just that, we want to give a seed into agape for whatever God has for you in your future. And I waited for almost three weeks until I was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write it, because I didn't want to force it, and it came really quickly and easily, and it was good. And I sent it, and when they came back with a no, man, I felt like I got punched in the stomach really did. It hurt. It hurt a lot. Because I know when I hear from the Lord. But you, if you've ever experienced when the Lord says do this or do that and you do it it looks like it didn't work, just give it time. And the reason I brought that up was I, I, just, I, I just wept and I said, Lord, but I know what you said. And the Lord said to me sometimes no's are really not yet in disguise. So, you know, I sort of just kind of let it go. And it was funny because people that have been in this building, not just with Agape, but Shiloh, when it was Shiloh, and even some of the Gospel Way members from across the three years, I know many of them. We live in a very a relatively small community, and if you're in the church, you know, it's, it's going to be very hard to live in Statesville and not at least know of some of the things that have happened in other places. When I had one, where our group, we sang here multiple times. We, you know, I was here when they when Don Potter would come, and I was here when Nikita Koloff came, the Russian nightmare. Yeah, I was, you know, we had Hawk, the road warrior, and Greg Valentine in our church. Nikita was here. And we had a wrestling thing. We worked hand-in-hand with the church here to have a wrestling thing downtown and set up a ring. And uh, So I've known these guys. But but still, in the back of my mind, I just just can't believe this was a hard no. And probably about six weeks ago, I got a phone call. And it was Pastor Chris, and he says, Josh, I want you to uh, You want, let's do lunch, man. I was like, yeah, cool, cool. If you ever meet Pastor Chris, he's just one of the most genuine, coolest guys in the world. He wears a Fu Manchu and he's bald. He's just cool, man. I like this guy. And uh, I said, yeah, man, we'll do it. And we had eaten lunch a few times, but, so we met down at Broad Street Burger where the kingdom of God dwells. (laughs) That's a good place. Go down there and check their stuff out. States has got some cool stuff going on these days. And uh, so we went down there and ate and it was, it took us about 20 or 30 minutes of small talk for me to think, what in the world are we doing here? I mean, I, you know, I, I do lunch every day, but I was just sort of catching up. I knew there was something and uh, he said, uh, have you thought any more about the letter you wrote back in the spring? And so I said to him, well, it's funny that you asked because I'm going to be completely blunt. And he interrupted me and said, good, because so am I. <laughs> just like that. And I said, uh, I said, yeah, I've thought about it. I said, I went I said, man, when we sent, I really believe what the Lord spoke. And uh, I said, I'm happy for you guys, and there's nothing. But I said, but man, it, it hurt. It hurt a lot when it didn't work out. And uh, I said, uh, he, said well, I'm, he said, well, I'm just going to leave with this. The building's yours. That was his first phrase to me. And I said, oh, interesting. <laughs> what do you say? He said, no, he said, there's, been, there's some transition stuff happening. I can't tell you all the details, he said. But the Lord has spoken, and I wasn't a part of the decision-making process before I am now. I've met you, and, uh, and it's supposed to be Truvines Building. So we're going to work the details out. But I think you guys are going to be there in December. I mean, I'm just, like, my mouth is, like, on the table. Like, what? Well, you know. So, uh, we have the meeting. There's no kind of numbers or official things discussed. It's just, I want to let you know it's back on the table if you guys are still interested. So, you may not be able to tell these days, but I work out at the gym sometimes, and if you ever check on Facebook, I do at night because that's when I get some free time. I was at the gym one night working out and the Lord speaks to me in my spirit and says, you need to leave. And so I got in my car and I left and he said, drive over to that building. So that's what I did. And i told Pastor Chris this. I drove over to the building, parked my car right over there and the Lord said, get out of your car and take your shoe off and go put it on the ground. Which the Lord does weird stuff like that. The Lord is not normal. If you if you know he he first of all he's living he does speak he does have a personality he does love you he is very intimately acquainted with everything that concerns you. And if you if you'll ever just step in faith and begin to talk to him he'll talk back to you and he does speak. It amazes me that we say we believe in God but when he, if somebody says but he spoke to me ah, like, oh, you god didn't speak to you you're crazy. It's crazy. No, no. God speaks. He talks. Well, you know, I'll share this and I'll come back. When Jesus was crucified, do you know that they went and begged to have his body? And they begged Pilate and said, can we have his body? he said, wait a minute, he's only been up there for a few hours. Go back and make sure that he's dead. If he's dead, then we'll be cool. They go back to make sure he's dead. Come back, yeah, he's dead. He said, fine, you can have him. And the, and the revelation of that is the enemy will give you the body of Christ all day as long as he can't talk, as long as he can't walk, and as long as his hands don't move. Oh, the body's dead. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, you can have it. He speaks. And so I took my shoe off. I walked over the corner and put them. And I said, he said, I promised you, wherever you put the sole of your food, I'd give it, i give it to you. And I said, literally, this is how I talk to the Lord. I said, well, you're gonna have to because I don't have the money for this place. I'm not hitting you up for more money. Said, so don't, don't get nervous. A couple of you just went, in, just went into the fire right then. <laughs> I walked up, I walked. Up the, I started to walk up the sidewalk and the Lord speaks to me, says, no turn, go the other way. So I walked around the building, the circumference of the building, I put my shoe back on by the way, <laughs> the circumference of the building and, and as I began to walk, the Lord said, look at the way you're walking, it's counterclockwise because I'm going to bring into the now everything that was ever supposed to have been in this place that never re- received its fulfillment. So um that was a wednesday the next morning pastor chris calls actually i got a call from miss judy first from judy gustin a friend of mine you all know judy and she says oh my gosh i mean you know how miss judy gets excited i mean she can talk a mile a minute it was awesome and i don't mean that in any way disrespectful i mean she's just bubbly i love her personality she's like you're not going to believe this you're not going to believe this. we just had a you are not going to I was like i was breathing like that just listening to her <laughs> And she's like, Well, this is some of the things that have been happening. We just had a meeting, and and I just just know it's gonna be True Place or whatever. I'm like, This is awesome. So we had the long conversation. My son and I were working at my mother, my beautiful mother in law's house, trying to get it ready for Ted. And uh, I went out to the, I went to tell him what happened after the phone call, and then Pastor Chris called me, and I couldn't speak. I was just gonna say, Hey, Jake, you're not gonna believe this. And when I opened my mouth, I just began to weep. So hard. And it, was, it was like the rain a minute ago. I could come. And Jake looks at me like, dude, we're painting. What's the deal? You know? Like, I didn't mess up that bad. I'm like, no, it's not that. You know, I walked out to my truck, uh, walked up to the truck in Trisha's driveway, and got in the, When I sat in the truck, the Lord spoke to me and said, I've given you the city, Son of Man, so take it. I come back inside and tell Jacob, he's like, what? That's awesome. One well, of Pastor Chris calls me. Pastor Chris says, hey man, what's up? I said, what's up? Or he texts me. He said, can you call me? Uh, Pastor Whitfield had a message for you. I said, yeah. So I called and uh, essentially, essentially what happened was um, the price was so reduced that it, if you counted everything that they've blessed us with, they've sown into this ministry almost half a million dollars. That's what I did, Jeremy. You don't know what I really did? It's, This is to their credit, and you watch out. They're already blessed. You watch how abundantly blessed Agape is going to be in Clemens and wherever else the Lord chooses to to use them. The words that he said were, Pastor Whitfield said, it's time to bless True Vine and Josh Bunton. That's what the Lord said. He said, we bless pastors all over the world. Now it's time to bless, and I just, you want to know what's crazy? I've never met Pastor Whitfield. I met him one time, maybe at a pregnancy resource center in passing, but we've never spoken directly. Pretty cool deal, right? And so, well, you know what I did? I guess I became Pentecostal because I ran around Trisha's front yard, <laughs> like twice. I'm like, I can't believe we're gonna have a home. She gets up, she gets home pretty soon. I said, she's like, you, you know, like, what's going on? I said, we're gonna have a place. What, you're gonna have a building? I mean, I was probably to her the way Miss Judy was to me. She was breathing hard <sighs> after what I was trying to tell her. Like, I can't catch up with all of this. And I called uh, several of the people, but that's the way the Lord worked. That was a suddenly that took a long time to develop took a long time to develop. Mark said something to me when we were on the phone talking about this place. He said, Josh, I believe what the Lord is doing is he's creating a movement. This can't become a monument. It's got to be a movement. Just a place and a way to facilitate what the Lord wants to do through us in Statesville. And you know, none of us have ever been about, at least I hope not, if you are we can fix it, about worshiping a building. But my God, it sure is nice to have a place to call home but God because they said we were going to stay in the school a couple more years but God when we made the decision that the other place was not suited for us and not supposed to be for us there were a whole lot of people talking but God there were some people who thought we'd never have another place again but God (laughs) because this is what he does this is that some of us saw I had a man call me yesterday and I was up in the Balcony. I think I was wiring some lights up the top, and he said, uh, Pastor Josh, uh, man, I'm excited for you, I'm excited for the building, uh, do you need chairs? Because we had talked, I didn't think we were going to have chairs, I think I told you guys that. I'm going to finish this story and then I'll finish this and, and we'll see what the Lord does. And." Uh, I said, I said, yeah, yeah, um, we're good. We got chairs. They brought like 160, 570 chairs, whatever. And there are a bunch of chairs left, and there's room up top. And uh, so he said, okay. I said, well, you need to come by and see it. And uh, he, he was a former member of the church. And he says, uh, well, when are you going to be up there? I said, man, I'm here now. I've been living here for three days. And he said, well, I'm coming. Me and my wife are coming. They came up. And he says, uh, man, the Lord said we're supposed to come up here and see this place. So I'm just taking him through. And he pulls out his checkbook, and he says, here, this is for the building. And he folds it. And I didn't look at it I put it in my pocket and the Lord says, tell them the story about the building, the one that I just told you. Hey, hey, little prophets there, see, young, th- your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Amen. Yeah, and he said, yeah. And uh, I said, I said, man, you're not gonna believe how this happens. So I went through the whole the story I just told you, I'm gonna go through it again. And they just both began to weep. Well, I didn't know until I looked at it later to give, to put in the account that was $500 that they sowed too. And so, anyways, we prayed over them and God's going to give them their place too. And that's happened on multiple different occasions. I've had probably 15 people that have been a part of this building at whatever church it was in their time reach out and say, man, it's so awesome that that what God is wanting to do and what God's going to release there. I had one, um, a very well-known guy from one of the Bethel guys who said, is this, did this used to be Shiloh Tower? I said, yes it did. He said, I know the building very well, can't wait to come see what God's going to do to you guys in there. And it's just amazing the way that uh, God's brought things full circle. I'm going to finish this up. in a moment. Uh, suddenly is that, in a moment, one moment it's this way, in the next moment, everything has changed. I want to tell you, everything has changed. You're going to begin to, you're going to begin to see the fulfillment of long, uh, of long-held prophecy. It's going to happen in your individual lives. It's going to happen in your families. It's going to happen here in the church. It will not be unusual for the miraculous to take place in your home. As a matter of fact, it's going to become the norm. It's going to become the norm. In a moment, no's that were not yet become yeses. In a moment, prophetic utterances that took root as promises begin to break through the soil, and what was invisible becomes seen and celebrated. This is that, he has brought us into our own land, a land flowing with life-giving milk and sweet, satisfying honey. This is that which was spoken. As a matter of fact, everything that is started as a spoken word the nature of manifesting the kingdom on earth. The seed is the word. So what has been spoken to you by God himself or by someone else or what has been inspired by God? I'm asking, what has God spoken to you? What has his spirit come inside of you and said to declare? What dream have you held on to for so long that is not yet manifested? We read from Acts 2.23 that Jesus was delivered by and put to death by godless men but God. Say with me, but God. They said he would stay dead, but God. They said we would never have our own place, but God. Someone said you weren't gonna make it, but God. Someone said the cancer was gonna kill you, but God. They said you were gonna lose your mind, but God. They said depression was gonna get the best of you but God, they said you had missed your window of opportunity, but God, they said your best days were behind you, but God, it doesn't matter what they said because what they said is none of your business. The only business you have is what has God said to me? What has he put in my spirit and what do I agree with? Because whatever I agree with, I give birth to. When the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and he gives her this long thing about, by the way, this several thousand year old prophecy about a Messiah that would come, you're a Jewish girl, you know, of course I know. I know how to uh, recite it at my bedside. of course I know. Yeah, you're the one that's gonna carry it. (laughs) Me? You know what she says? The Bible says she pondered in her heart, that's the King James. The literal rendering of that is she revolved or circulated again and again in her mind what he had said. But she says these words, be it done unto me according to not what they say, according to your word. And her amen, amen means so be it or let it be. Her amen activated what the angel had said and her agreement with what he said accelerated what he said. It's a mouthful. I've said it a lot, and the Lord gave it to me. I ran around my couch. Your amen to what God says will activate His Word, but you agreeing with what He says, which means doing what it takes to walk in alignment with His words will bring an acceleration of what He says. They had believed for millennia that He was coming, and now He was less than nine months from His face being shown for the first time. The angels in heaven for the first time were going to see exactly what the face of God looked like, because it was found and laid in a little haystack. All of heaven gathered to look and see for the first time." So this is what God really looks like. I mean, we've gotten glimpses and we've heard about Him from the prophets, but now we're not gonna hear about Him from law and from prophets, but now we're gonna see the face of God. But God, what do you, but God, what do you agree with? What are you declaring? What are you speaking? Their opinion of you is none of your business. They said you'd missed your window of opportunity. But God raised him up, raised him up, Acts 2, 24. Say with me, God raised him up. That is the word, the, the Greek word, anastami. And it's, it's from two words, it literally means to stand back up again, to put back on his feet again, figuratively, to arise, or to lift up. God literally, by his spirit, made the cold dead body of Jesus Christ stand up again. If he can do that to a literal body, what is there that he can't do? So you say, well, I've missed my, you know, my relationships are dead or I've got this addiction. But God, but God raised him up. But God, he can do it. He's in the miracle working business. He wants you to give him the opportunity to explode into your life and bring newness of life in a place where there have been dead things. THE SPIRIT OF THE LIVING GOD QUICKENED THE COLD DEAD BODY OF THE CRUCIFIED CHRIST, AND HE STOOD UP AGAIN. NOW, YOU MAY HAVE BEEN KNOCKED DOWN, BUT GOD WILL MAKE YOU STAND UP AGAIN, BECAUSE GUESS WHAT? THIS IS THAT. STAND WITH ME. I'M FINISHED. SEE? BUT, GOD. BUT, GOD. BUT, GOD. THEY SAID YOUR DAYS IN MINISTRY WERE LONG PAST, BILLY. BUT, GOD. They said, you declaring prophetically from your guitar and singing was hover. but God, and your wife, and your daughter, and you and we're, going, we're just going to adopt you. You're coming to help us for a little while. Me and your daddy have already talked about it. It's a done deal. Someone has a liver dysfunction. Who is it? I can just see, hear what I hear, what I hear and see what I see. You have it. You, it's Amy. Where's she? When she comes back, I just want. I was just gonna tell her, but God, a fatty liver. Hmm, interesting. Well, it got real weird because we're not used to. We're not, we're not used to encountering God in this way. We, we like to throw up prayers, and if He answers one, maybe give Him credit, for it, as if He's some kind of cosmic Santa Claus. No, He's very intimately acquainted with everything that you want, need, desire. The Bible says that you, the very hairs on your head are numbered. I heard T.D. Jake say years ago, they're numbered, not counted. If they were counted, He could tell you how many. But the fact that they're numbered, if a hair comes out in a brush, God can say, that's hair number 2,641. That's how well He knows you. He cares about you, and He loves you, and it doesn't matter what they say. But God, but God, if if you've got a sickness in your body, I want to pray with you. Not because I'm magic and not because I'm more powerful than anybody else, but because I just want to put my faith in agreement with yours. Did you know a part of your salvation is not just trying to save you from, from some sort of eternal damnation? A part of your salvation is literally the healing of your body. We all believe that, in the, and we just read it, that they that call the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, you're not just being saved from eternal doom. You'll be saved from sickness in your body. That the Bible says that, that with His stripes, with His wounds, we are healed. Are we to take that, is it just a pretty story that we read and say, well, but it's not really for us? Or are we gonna take him at his word and say, if you said, if you went through all of that abuse and you went through that and you said it was for the healing of our bodies, then we're living beneath our inherited inheritance to not to partake of what Christ paid for. So, if you're sick, I just want to pray with you right now, all over this place. Lord, in the name of Jesus, you said that with your stripes, we were healed, and by your stripes, we are healed. And Lord, I pray for the healing virtue of the risen Christ to come upon every person in here that is experiencing any kind of sickness, that they would be made whole to the glory of God the Father. Lord, I pray against the spirit of addiction, Lord, that has bound some people in this place and say, addiction, you have no place and no authority, and i break your authority over God's people, that they will walk and, and live in new- Look, addiction's a real thing. And the church, has, the church has, made a, has made a big living off of cursing people with addictions when the whole time we were supposed to be the answer to help them get through that. We're going to help people get through it. I declare right now, if you have an addiction, that by the Spirit of God, that addiction can be broken. He's just waiting for your amen because your amen will activate the brokenness of that addiction. And then in three or four nights when you're kind of away from this atmosphere and the piano's not playing and you have a problem, reach out to somebody here and say, hey, man, I'm struggling a little bit. That's okay. There's no shame in that. It's, that's what a body does. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're called for. Indeed, that is what the community of believers is supposed to be about. There's no shame in that. You're not getting blasted on Facebook. Man, you're not going to believe what he did. If you're experiencing broken relationship in your family, whether it's with father, mother, wife, children, whatever, cousins, it can be whoever. Right now, I just the, the Jesus came to heal and bind up broken hearts and bind bind up broken wounds. And right now, I just declare over all of you that right here that have that have broken relationships that the Spirit of God, if you invite Him and you Amen with this, they may have said it's over, but God that the that His that His Spirit would come in like fresh oil and wine and run into those broken places and bind them back together again is anybody else feeling this except me it just feels so heavy for me that, that the Lord just wants to move so mightily with his people and he's literally just waiting for your amen you're hearing, the, you're hearing the messenger. The word, the word angel in the Bible just simply means messenger. You're hearing the messenger telling you that God wants to, in the same way that the Spirit of God overshadowed Mary, the same Spirit wants to overshadow you and put something in you that's gonna bring deliverance to you. And it's just simply waiting for you to say, Amen. Mary says this after she, after she revolved, after she circulated the words that the angel gave in her mind, she just simply said this, Lord. Say it with me, be it unto me according to your word, not according to their word and not according to what I've thought, not according to what anybody else says, Lord, be it done unto me according to your word, because your promises are faithful and all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to, he does not want you to struggle. He wants to pull you out of poverty. So be it. So be it. But God, but God, you've been standing a long time, I know. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this inaugural service for True Vine being in this place as our home. We thank you, Lord, for every man of God that has stood up on this platform and the others that have been in this building and the building across the street, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the residue of glory that's been left here but not just that, Lord, the fresh oil that you're pouring in this place, we thank you. Lord, the men that have stood here, Lord, that have been challenged by circumstances or have made mistakes, Father, we pray that the oil that was here would go into their homes, into their places right now. I see several of them whose names I won't call and begin to bind up their hearts and let them know that whatever mistakes were made, you're bigger than mistakes you're the God of restoration, you're the God of healing. If you can restore me, if you can restore my my family, if you can restore my friends, then you can restore anyone, Lord. And I declare restoration into them right now. Lord, that every good and perfect thing that's ever been spoken in this house, on this property, Lord, would begin to come to fruition in this season. And not just for the glory of true vine, Lord, but for the glory of the, of, of the church, for the glory of the bride of Christ, for the glory of God, the Father, and Jesus Christ. Lord, for everyone that's come here and under the sound of my voice that they would leave with a new renewed sense of purpose, a renewed sense of destiny, that dreams, Father, would have been awakened again that maybe have been laying dormant for long that visions would be would be able to would be picked up again father a new life would be breathed into them and not just that that has been laying there dormant father but i see new dreams coming i see new vision coming father i see a, a repurposing as it were father of your people for for this time for this day for this season i pray father that you help us to keep our minds and our spirits open for what you want to do Lord, that we would not try to contour you into our preconceived notion and ideas of what this should be, but instead we would be moved like the wind. Father, that that we we would be willing, Father, to open ourselves up and let you contour this. Let you be the director, Father. We'll be the symphony. You direct us in the times, Father, that it seems uncomfortable because of the growth or the times that we seem to be stretched or we seem to be moved from one thing to another thing, Father, we thank you, Lord, that we give ourselves to you graciously and say, wherever you want to put us, put us there, because I only want to be where you have me. If you want us speaking from behind the podium, so be it. If you want us cleaning toilets, so be it. I cleaned them yesterday. If you want us playing piano, or if you want us wiping counters, so be it. However however you choose to use us, Lord, to serve, there's no no demotion in your kingdom. And the same reward comes upon the bathroom cleaners as the praise and worship team. I love you, my Father. Thank you for this place. Thank you for a wonderful birthday. Thank you for your body. I bless vine in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. God love you. We hope to see you again next